Hey you, it's RJ. Just want to shout out untappedkeg.com slash community, a new hub for us to get together and talk. And we would be able to go over whatever it is you want to talk about. It's a safe space. You can be anonymous. It's free to join. Just put in a, a name that you, a random name if you want, or you can put your name in and it's an easy place for us to connect. There's also a way for you to be on the show. If you leave a voice message that says what your daily mantra is, that gives us a little glimpse into something we can say to ourselves when we're having a rough patch. You can leave it written if you don't want your voice read and we don't have to use your name. You just let me know. But go to untappedkeg.com slash community. Look forward to connecting with you. When I was so kind of miserable in the end of my marriage, I had, and I was sober. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, (laughs) if I ever get divorced, it'll be a great excuse to start drinking. And I would be like, I'll be living on my own. Just, it'll be perfect. <laughs> it'll be like, that's that's when I'll be allowed to drink again because it'll be like single lady, you know, sad, single older lady just drinking by herself. Like that, that <laughs> so, somehow I was allowing myself to think that like, great, like you have this to look forward to. If you ever get divorced, this is what you'll be doing. But it was weird because I was sober and then I was, you know, getting actually going through it, it never crossed my mind to live like that, to like, you know, start drinking again. And Sobriety is scary. That's why Untapped Keg explores different perspectives of sobriety and mental health so that you know you are not alone. Hopefully you can find something you can implement into your own life. Sobriety and mental health are topics that often are uncomfortable and complex. We do not shy away from any conversation. But you should know we try to be respectful. But there's always room to learn and grow. Everyone is welcome here. As you are. And you will be respected. We are not medical professionals and do not give medical advice. Please seek medical care if you need it. Now let's get to the show. Thank you for tapping into some Untapped Keg, the podcast where we explore different perspectives of sobriety and mental health, because we believe there's only one right way to sobriety, and that's the way that works for you. So hopefully you can take something from this podcast and put it into your life and it works. I'm RJ Zimmerman, and I'm very excited to have back for a second time, Becca, the unashamed alcoholic. How are you doing today, Becca? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here again. Really nice to see you again. You as well. Um, Our last episode was fantastic. People should go back and look at at it. I'll probably post it in in the show description for this one, but we have a topic that we're going to talk about that is, it's pretty fresh for me. It's something that you talk about on Twitter, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was something we don't talk about a lot in the, honestly, sobriety community or... Mm -hmm mental health, any of this. And that topic is divorce. Mm-hmm. My favorite. <laughs> right. So why don't we, why don't you start with um, a little bit about your story? And then I think we'll, we'll just have a conversation around it about being sober, yeah. going through the emotions really, and the, everything that comes with it. We'll see where it goes. Sure. I'm looking forward to it because I I agree. I think it's a really important topic. And when I talk about it online too, I mention it fairly frequently because I talk about it in terms of dating and and whatnot. And I think that I 
I look back and go, would I have gotten divorced if I hadn't gotten sober? You know, I think there's a big link there. I think probably eventually, but I think, you know, there's a big link for sure with me and my sobriety and my divorce. So I got sober in t- June of 27, no, July of 2017. I'm giving myself an extra month there, <laughs> July of 2017. And then I, uh, sla- like the, our marriage ended in June of 2020. So everyone's like, oh, pandemic divorce. I'm like, yeah, but it was more than that. Definitely having nothing else to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think because when I look back at like, okay, for three years, I was sober and married still. So like 2017 to 2020, I was, you know, I didn't have wine to distract me because I think that's what I'd been using for years. I mean, I was unhappy in that relationship for a really long time, but wine drinking kind of, you know, dulled that, numbed that, um, distracted that. It was like, well, at least I've got this. Like, (laughs) no, I'm massively unhappy, but I guess this is what life is. Like, at least I've got, you know, my nightly ritual. Right. And then, you know, and then I'd have little mini concerts or vacations. I'm not sure if you're aware, but I love Hall and Oats. And so I'd go. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> really? That's, <laughs> that's a doozy. Yeah, isn't that? Yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad to share that with you. Uh, I would have these little trips and I would, you know, get to have that to look forward to, you know, without him, I'd be going by myself to things. And so when 2020 came around and obviously everything like the world stopped, then it was like, okay, now it's time to take a really hard look at like, what do I want? There's nothing else to distract. There's now there's been no wine for a few years. There's now no events or anything coming up. There was nothing else to face except each other. And I think just I'd had you know, the first year of sobriety, you're just like, well, this is (laughs) bananas, you know, and then you kind of settle into it. And I think it took me, uh, those three years to kind of go, oh, this is who I am. This is what I want out of, uh, my, you know, the rest of my life wasn't thinking about even relationship. It was more like me, you know, what, 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 who is Becca? Cause finally I knew I had never known before. Uh And it was like, I don't think I want this. I don't want to live like this anymore. So it took a few years of like clarity, like kind of getting to that clarity point. And then the pandemic helped. Um, I think I would have gotten divorced eventually. It would have hit a breaking point, but I think everything kind of sped up because there was nothing else to do. So that's, you know, I left June, 2020, moved out by July 1st, like two weeks later. And was divorced a year later. So it was a boom, boom, boom. It was amicable, like in the sense of we both agreed that this is what we wanted. Um, and so then that's been, so now it's been just over two years now, I guess. Yeah. Which is just unbelievable. It feels like it's been way longer than that (laughs) with the amount of stuff that's happened in that time. I can't believe it's only been just over two years. Wow. Right. We're 2022. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Like, I feel like 2018 to 2022 has been, you know, three, I mean, three months is what it really feels like. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it <was> just, <laughs> yeah. you blinked and it, it, it was gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for mine, not too dissimilar, but mm-hmm. I was sober five years and 
she brought it to me a few months after our youngest was born and rocked my world. I had, Mm -hmm. I knew like, you know, we were in a rut. I knew we had two kids very close in age. Mm -hmm. She had just started a business that I was helping with, like very hands-on trying to help her find her dreams. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to work just not enjoying the people I'm working with, loving the work that I'm doing. But that was where I kind of put myself after drinking was work and didn't really look into myself. And so I was, I was shocked and I was just like, my whole world came crashing down. And that was like the catalyst for me to start looking inward. Mm -hmm. And I said, give me a year. If you still want want it, I won't stand in your way. Just give me a year. Mm. Started going to therapy, diagnosed with ADHD, started on some medication, non-stimulants, because I'm worried about my alcoholism and uh, medication that can mm-hmm. be addictive. And so um, started working on that. Things are getting better. I'm starting to, you know, find my emotions a little bit. About a year and a half later, papers were handed to me and said, this is what I want. So I said, okay, I told you, give me a year. You gave me a year. Hmm. And this is, this is what you need. And how I looked at it was, um, it was selfish to keep her where she wasn't happy because just because that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And that hurt, but I knew that it would be best for both of us because I'm not going to be happy with someone who is unhappy, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then we picked up and we moved the family across the United States from Wisconsin to Virginia because we needed a better culture to raise our kids in. And so we spent the past year living together with the idea that after a year we'd move separate. But were you together? You weren't together during that time. Not, not really. Okay. It was pretty much roommates and then. Mm-hmm you know, raising kids together mm-hmm. and just trying to get through the year. And mm-hmm. um, me personally, it was a year of like a lot of self-discovery and self-growth mm-hmm. and really learning what it means to find my emotions. Mm-hmm. Eight and a half years into my sobriety, like really digging into, you know, who's RJ? Mm-hmm. What have I been pushing down? What have I been accepting? How can I be better about this, really discovering that I hate myself. I've mm-hmm. always hated myself, always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how do I how do I move from there? So now I'm living separate and I have two little kids and we're co-parenting pretty well. Mm-hmm. But now is the time where all the emotions come and you're sober. You don't <laughs> have that coping mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. What about that? was the most difficult for you? Was it being, trying to figure it out by yourself? Was it trying to figure out kind of the the new coping mechanisms that you needed? Um, Where in there has been the most difficult for you? Because I know like for me, it's been delayed a little bit. It's been, um, I've known that this is coming. It's going to happen. Like the, the hope of, the future and then the reality hits. Right. And yeah, <laughs> so there's been, there's been waves um, for, Oh yeah. So many waves. <laughs> right. 
I, you know, it's funny. I think back, you reminded me of something as you were talking there. I, when I was so kind of miserable in the end of my marriage, I had, and I was sober. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, <laughs> if I ever get divorced, it'll be a great excuse to start drinking. And I would be like, I'll be living on my own. Just, it'll be perfect. <laughs> I'll be like, that's, that's when I'll be allowed to drink again, because it'll be like single lady, you know, sad, single older lady, just drinking by herself. Like that, that <laughs> some, somehow I was allowing myself to think that like, great. Like you have this to look forward to. If you ever get divorced, this is what you'll be doing. But it was weird because I was sober and then I was, you know, getting actually going through it. It never crossed my mind to live like that, to like, you know, start drinking again. And someone said that about their spouse dying recently. Like it was unexpected. She, her husband died. She's been sober for like 10 years and her kids were all like, please don't start drinking again because of this. She's like, why would I ever now, you know, like it's funny in our heads. We think, well, if this happens, then I'll do this. And then you get to that and you're like, no, I'm not going to throw it all away because of that now. So it's funny because that's what I pictured myself living like. And now I would never live like that. You know, the divorce was, the separation was so welcome. Like I never shed a tear over it. It was like good riddance, like a weight off my back, like get out of here. I was so happy to be free of that situation um, for, for many reasons. I think the the days where it was hard and still is hard is when I'm parenting alone. Mm. And I, you know, as we were talking, like today is my first day of like my week off. So I go through that the Monday, Monday, I always go through like a whole lot of guilt of like what, how I handled situations in the past week. I'm exhausted. I'm kind of sad. Cause like, while I have longed for today and this week to come, I feel like overwhelmed with kind of like loneliness, you know, it's like these waves of like, as you know, you said these waves of everything's great. Oh, the crash, you know, crash down. And I think the parenting side, parenting alone, uh, you know, those weeks, like we do week on week off and I whoop it up in my week off. And then that week on can be so hard. And I overshare about that on Twitter all the time, but like I, those weeks on can just be, you know, you're doing it alone and you're just like, am I doing this right? Like, am I, you know, you don't have anyone to relieve you of anything. Not that that was happening necessarily anyway. And, and when you're married, but right. it's just, you're complete, you feel completely alone. And it's those kind of moments where I find that like, we're, I'm tr- our society kind of tricks us into being like, this is where you could really use a drink. Like mom's had a hard day, da da da, like that kind of thing. And like every now and then my mind goes to that. But I think that that's, those are the hardest. The It's the parenting is the hardest for me. And now the kids are old enough that they can be like, dad wouldn't blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just like, the, this is what... <laughs> The worst one is this is why you're alone. Oh, <laughs> oh they're coming with the with they the come hard in with the hard burns. And you're like, yeah. you know what? That might be true, but guess what? <laughs> no, I'm yeah, joking. But exactly. It really, oh, it's... I get it. I get it. And that the hard thing for me with the kids too, like my kids are young. They miss having the family together. Yeah. Um my 
ex-in-laws moved here a couple months ago because they didn't want to be far from the babies. But Mm -hmm. I still struggle with, hey, can you watch them um, while I go do something? Like that's Mm -hmm. just, it's not going to cross my mind. And we're building up to the week on, week on. So right now we're at two days. Uh, Next month, we're going to go to four days and four days. Mm -hmm. And we're building them up to get ready for, so the transition's better. Mm-hmm. And um, it is hard, but like you said, like I took the responsibility of always being on when it came to parenting. Like mm-hmm. they're, you know, I don't want to act like they're a burden, but the way that I almost internalized it is they're not going to be a burden on anybody else. They're mine to carry. So like when they get tough, like mm-hmm. that's when mm-hmm. I, I'm always stepping in. And mm-hmm. so I never, I tried so hard in my relationship not to inconvenience the other person that I always inconvenience myself always. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, okay, it's, I'm not inconveniencing anybody except for myself, mm-hmm. how do I show up for myself? Like, mm-hmm. and that's been mm. different because when you don't show up for yourself for so long, all of a sudden you start showing up, you feel selfish. <laughs> and that's what I struggled with for a really long yeah. time is feeling is not, is coming to terms with like, it's okay to do things for yourself and it's okay to put yourself first. Sometimes that, that took, that still, it's still an, an, a work in progress, but that was really hard to realize. I have to take care of myself because it's so hard alone. You know, those weeks are, are so hard alone. Like I do deserve these other things and my bank account is suffering because of all the like treat yourself mentality. But I, you, I have like, I have had to start thinking it's okay to do this. And back to like, you know, relying on other people sometimes like I do, like if, if I have something during the week, I'm not talking about dating, but like mm-hmm. everything was moved around, uh, like concert wise or events or whatever postponed and rescheduled. So things have fallen in my weeks with them. And somebody gives me a lot of grief when I get a babysitter for them on my week on, but like, Hey, you know, I, I don't, I I've decided that that's okay now to do every, every once in a while when if something's scheduled and I have to, it happens to fall in that week that that's okay. You know what? Like my parents had babysitters just be, just because I'm alone with them that week doesn't need to be, you know, I need to feel bad if I go out one night, like they'll be fine. And you get, you get to have hobbies, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like I've, I've already done that a few times where I'm like, and I'm looking forward trying to sync up dates. Like, Hey, instead of them going somewhere else overnight like can you just keep them a few extra and so far it's been okay but there's going to be times where it's not going to be i don't know what i'm going to do on those times but i'm trying to create a life that it it it's best for me but also best for them and being Mm -hmm. best for me is going to benefit everybody else exactly and i think it's really good for them to see uh, that dad has a hobbies and a life too, right? Like you've got interests and you've got other, you know, things going on. It doesn't like, we kind of are the, the way our you know, society and yeah. culture kind of operates again is like, 
if you're not like obsessed with your kids and like, you know, hands on all the time, like you're a bad parent, like, and you know, these guilt trips of like, well, if you go out at night, we're like, it's okay to do things away from your kids. And it's okay because they, that shows them that like, you are your own person too. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Fuck, look, sorry. I don't know if we can swear. Yeah, we're sober. Swear. <laughs> <laughs> we're ahead. sober. Like we're doing already like so much better than we could have been. So you know what? A night out, do it. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, that's the, that's the part that like, I'm trying to, um, I don't want to say reintegrate, but like ease myself into and find myself again, yeah. going out and not feeling guilty about. Yeah. That's like, slow. That's a slow process. And yeah. that's something you have to do on your own. Like I, I totally on your own time, you know? And that's, that's, a that's something that I didn't even know I needed to work on. And like mm-hmm. you brought up earlier about, um, you know, being like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be the, you know, single and drinking. Like I had that too, where I was like, <laughs> how do I be single and not drink? Like, how do you meet people? <laughs> I know. And so like, I, that was when I had like my most cravings really in my entire sobriety is wow. thinking about being single and how do you meet people? And it's like, oh, I need to go to a bar. I need to go yeah. out and drink. I need to go get hammered and dance and make bad decisions. But it's like, <laughs> then yeah, no, it. I think that was mine somewhere around mine too. Or it was like when I, I took, and we were talking about this before we started too, is like, I took 14 months before the thought of dating even entered my mind. And that wasn't any, it was a, not a concerted effort. It was just not a thought. And my ex-husband did it way sooner. And I was just like, yuck, like not for him or anything. Like I didn't care. It was just like, how is this even like a, a thought in your head? Like that you want to do this? Cause I was so not there. So it was so interesting how people can be so different in terms of when they are interested in starting to date. I was like, not even on my radar for at least a year. And then one night it was like, okay, I was out and I was like, I think I'd like to start doing something with someone. But then it was like, Oh my God, how (laughs) am I going to meet a stranger without being half in the bag? Like, I've never done that before. Like, I've never, ever, ever gone on a date without drinking. And then I wound up super drunk, super drunk. (laughs) But like, it's not like it was like casual, have a drink. No, it's like always get drunk. But you go, you get ready, you have a drink, you go out with the person, you have a few drinks. Like, how am I going to do this with no drinks? So, that was the time as that started to take shape was like, this is probably when I think I've most quote unquote missed it Yeah, because I don't know how to do this yet. It was a whole new thing for the first time in my life that I was going to have to do and figure out sober. And I hadn't had one of those kind of firsts in a, in a while. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so for me too, like, it's like, meeting friends, meeting groups of people. So for the first eight months of moving here, I was a stay-at-home dad. Mm-hmm. And so I'd work on the podcast a little bit, but I was taking care of the boys so much that it was like, and even on weekends, I would take care of the boys. So mm-hmm. I didn't go out and really do anything. I had a softball team, but it was like a bunch of people that I wouldn't necessarily want to hang out with, um, mm-hmm. not playing ball. And it's like, so how do I meet people that I can go out and do things with? And then there's a, so moving through that process as well, like, and then mm-hmm. learning I'm an introvert. 
<laughs> so now, now I have to move through all of these processes and it's like, this is a lot to handle. It's um, a lot to learn about yourself, eh? Like you're probably just like every day, it's just like, oh, okay, this is, this is new. Yeah. <laughs> this and is fun. For me too, like numbing my emotions, learning how to push everything down into the side. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. my emotions are delayed. Like I will have a conversation and I'll just, I'll be steady and stable and I'll just be, and sometimes 24 hours later, it hits me mm. like a rock in the gut. And it's like, mm. what is that from? And I've gotten good <laughs> over the past few months, like really digging back the layers and finding out what it's from. And it's like, oh, that was from yesterday. That's interesting. And so like, then just allowing it to, to yeah. happen and. Yeah. And t- like kind of walking through it and being like, okay, what, ha- like, you know, why am I feeling this right now? And yeah. instead of just being like, well, <laughs> just push that back down, ignore it. Right. Ignore what what that. are you doing here? You're not allowed. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, that's been, like you said, realizing that I was lonely, mm-hmm. surrounded by people that loved me, mm. quote unquote. I don't, I don't know, really know what that word means right now, but you know, I was lonely because I couldn't talk to anybody. Nobody could understand. There's a lot, there was a lot going on there. So now realizing I was lonely, it's time to move from being lonely to being alone and being Mm -hmm. okay with that. And I've, Mm -hmm. I've been okay with it a few times, but I still slip back into lonely. I feel lonely. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do too. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, I'm a big thing of like, I don't need it. I don't need anybody. And then every now and then I'm like, <laughs> I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I think that that's okay. I think, I think for, if you're okay for the most part, you know, on your own and you're like, mm-hmm. you know, that's, this is fine. I don't need anyone because I think the idea of like needing someone or being wanting to be with someone is not to like totally, um, like kind of hold you up at all times and support you and whatever it's to compliment you. And like, yeah, you want that like encouragement and support, but it should be a compliment to like who you already are. And like someone who's going to be right alongside you. And like, this is just, it's an added benefit. Like you're okay on your own, let's say 80% of the time. And then someone else is an added bonus. Like you get to that point. And when you get to that point, that's who you're going to attract too. Like you're going to attract those kind of people who are, you know, uh, going to be there to motivate you and lift you up and like, you know, help you in those, that other 20% of the time where you don't like yourself very much and that, that sort of thing. So I think if we're not ready for that, we're attracting people who, you know, I mean, <laughs> probably 95% of what's online is <laughs> what's going to, what's going to come to you. But I think, you know, if you get to that point where you're, you know, okay on your own. And like, you're, this is, you know what, this is fine. If someone else was to come along, you know, great. Yes. Do I, you know, I'd like to someone to do things with, can I do things on my own? Yes. As soon as I started doing that last year, when I start, no last year, Oh my God, why can't I figure (laughs) out what year we're in? Right. I signed signed something the other day at a daycare and it, I put 2021 and they're like, it's 2022. (laughs) And I'm like, I should know that by now. (laughs) This spring, well, winter into spring, I discovered that I could do 
things on my own. And I liked it. And I was really proud of myself for that. I would go out, you know, we have the canal here where you can go skating in the winter. And it was just like, yeah, that's an effort to go in like minus 20. And it's, you know, you're skating outside, but I would just go and just feel so free. And it's, it was such a moment of like empowerment. It sounds silly, like skating, you know, but it really was I made an effort to drive somewhere, put on skates in the cold, you know, be on my own. Same thing with concerts. If there was a concert within two hours, I, and I wanted to go, I didn't even, I got to the point where I didn't even ask people. I just went because like, I want to do this and I'm okay doing things on my own. And people would turn to me and be like, who are you here with? Like, no one. They were like, wow, that's really cool. I'm like, okay, like, that's great. And then I, you know, I'd realize that like nothing stops me now. And now, and so, I think that that's kind of the point where I got to where it's like, you know what? Because for a while, I was like, what if people find out I'm alone? Like, you know, they're going to think I'm a loser for being here. And then I'm like, how would I even know what people are thinking if they think that? And you know what? Like, I'm at some something where I want to be here enjoying this experience. That's all that matters. I don't care what anyone else thinks. And once I kind of got to that point, I'm like, okay, this is the version of Becca that I'd like people to you know, see and be introduced to. And I think she's, she's the version where she's ready. If someone comes along, great. If not, I don't need you anyway, because I'm going to still do all this stuff. And that's, that's amazing that, you know, getting, getting to that point and putting yourself out there and just understanding. And I think that that's the big thing with like alcohol that we are trying to get through is that we think that alcohol frees us when really yeah. it's that it's like that who framed Roger Rabbit like that that wall where it looks like it's you know um actually the horizon but then you walk and you walk into it mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you take the alcohol away and you can actually see the horizon you're like actually that's a lot more beautiful and like the barriers yeah. are removed and the only yes. thing that's stopping you is your imagination yeah exactly i mean if i hadn't stopped drinking like exactly all of that exactly like i thought alcohol was like what was allowing me to have fun and be confident when I was yeah. in my twenties, be sexy and funny and like, ugh, like yikes. It was <laughs> not, it was not doing that. Yeah. And you take it away. I'm like, Oh, this is what funny and confident and sexy and independent all actually, actually is. And that's, that's hard too. like, it takes time to get there and it takes mm-hmm. work. And <laughs> yeah. like, that's what I hated. That's what I hated. That's why I didn't do AA. <laughs> that's why I didn't do 12 steps. I didn't want to do yeah. homework. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I got homework yeah. from work. Like, I don't want to work home. I don't want to do anything else. And so um, I, you know, working on myself it, and it's, it's work in the sense that I ha- you have to be top of mind about it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, not always, you know, but you, you realize, oh, I need to actually think about this and take an inventory yeah. And like you said, when you feel something 24 hours later, you've got to like sit and go, okay, why am I feeling this? What needs to be done here? What can I do the next time? You've got to actually process things. So like, even if you don't intend to do, you know, the homework or whatever, yeah. like it's just going to happen and you're going to have to sit through and like do, do something. And now all of a sudden, you know, we're taking care of kids, you know, doing life and there's not that fallback. We didn't have it before, but we didn't realize it, Mm -hmm. but trying to 
be kind to yourself that things are going to be hard. There's going to be, mm-hmm. there's going to be difficulties. There's going to be stresses. There's going to be, but you're learning so many new things that aren't things you thought about before. Like how mm-hmm. can I do the dishes with two kids running around making a mess? <laughs> how can I clean and do laundry with two kids falling behind me, like throwing things everywhere? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. how can I do things for myself with the kids there? Yeah. And I've learned that I just got to do it. And guess what? They'll either play by themselves, play together, or make a mess. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I can clean that up. That's okay. I think you said something really important there. It's kind of like, and what a whole lot of sobriety is, it's just, it's like, I got to do it. I got to try it. I've got to try this new thing, which is like everything in sobriety is new because you've probably never done, you know, so much of it in your life before without a drink. So now you're just like, well, let's, let's try it. Like, let's see what happens here. You know, like you leave the kids on their own to do well, you go downstairs and do whatever, or, you know, you, you try, it's trying something new. And that's, I mean, we're more inclined to want to make, try something and do it because you know, expanding, doing better, doing new things, doing more, you know, you're willing to make these efforts and these changes. Whereas before I was just like, you know what, everything's just (laughs) fine the way it is. I don't need anything changed in my life. I'm fine. Everything's good. (laughs) Yeah. And that's that, you know, those lies that we tell ourselves that like, you know, I thought it was, I was supposed to be a little bit disappointed in life, right? I thought like, <laughs> I thought I was supposed to be like, it was supposed to be hard waking up, going to work every day. Oh my home, God. It just taking like care of the, you know, the kids when I get home cooking. Wow. Dinner, like, I'd completely forgotten. That's how I used to think. Yeah. And it's like, that's, it's okay. That's what everybody, the way that everybody goes through life, but it's like, no, like that's not, and it's not okay to put you know, that let your kids see that. Like, that's not what you want. You don't want yeah, just kind to of see like that. trudging along. You know, that's how I feel like I remember my childhood of just like yes. suffer through, yep. <laughs> you know, like nothing, nothing light. It shouldn't be enjoyable. You know, that saying like life isn't fair. Like I heard that a thousand times, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like it, it was this mentality of like serious like kind of severe. This is, you know, it's not fun. This shouldn't be fun, man. Like you just kind of blew my mind there. I I totally forgot. That's how I used to approach it. Where it's just like, well, (laughs) I made, I made my bed. Like I chose, this is what I chose. Stick with it. Every, everyone's kind of, everyone's kind of miserable, right? Everyone kind of hates their spouse, right? Yeah. (laughs) Everyone kind of hates life. Right. And now, like, I think in general, I'm the opposite. It's like, like I said, you have those kind of moments where it's not great, but for the most part, it's pretty great because I'm living like authentically me. And that's the part where, when you get to that point of being authentic to yourself, it's, it's scary. It's different and weird and like off putting a little bit at first because you're like, what, what is, no, I don't like this. Like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. I feel really like blah, open and exposed and like, oh my God, everything's yeah. happening. Yeah. What, what's going to close in around me next? And that part, mm-hmm. like that was, that, that, that's that been a struggle to get through. Right. But yes, 
it's been so freeing. Like I've been able to look at, okay, where have I maybe not gone wrong, but I've given myself more challenges than what I need. Like, so when I started drinking, I started drinking (laughs) because I thought it would help make me accepted. Right. Well, I stopped drinking because it would help me stop feeling ashamed of myself. Yeah. I wanted a good job so that I could be proud of myself. Like all this comes back to feel about myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm putting my external wants and needs onto external goals. And that Mm. includes getting married, having kids. Mm -hmm. Now, what am I looking for there? And like, that has helped me to process and become better and then genuinely want better for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I'm hurt in the process, like that's not a them problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's boundaries, obviously, like you got to put your boundaries up, but that's also a me problem where I have to want better for me and I have to do better for me. Very much. And so finding that, that balancing act of how do you do better for yourself and understand when you are trying to actually do better by yourself, but then n- like wanting to get back into a relationship or <laughs> think you could do it better or letting someone go. Like yeah. that is, that's a struggle because you're like, how like I could do it better and then I'll be happy. But then you think about it. Would I really, is that the best thing for me? Or am I thinking about an ideal that didn't mm-hmm. exist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, I, I kind of, as, as you're saying that I was kind of thinking, what's my mentality in t- towards this now? Like I, f- I feel like I've gotten to sort of a point where I allow things to happen mm-hmm. more rather than try to control it. I go with a whole lot more of my does this feel right? Uh, sort of gut feeling and in my heart and, you know, because I don't have anything to cover it up because nothing's been dulled because it's just me feeling my feelings all the time. <laughs> you know, I don't have anything else on top of that. It's just, I, I, I can so much rely on myself now that I kind of just let it happen. And so in relationships that I've had in the, like, since my divorce, like that sounds like a lot, but it's been two. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I have been able to rely for the first time on my gut, my heart, my intuition, and what I have come to realize I want and don't want and what I'm willing to compromise and what I'm not. And you know, it's been, I, I just feel like I'm constantly learning mm-hmm. still, you, you know, I remember thinking after the first year of sobriety being like, well, <laughs> that's great. I know everything now and right. I'm all, <laughs> I'm all done. And, you know, it's over five years. And as you know, you're just like, oh my God, I'm still, there's still more to, to take in here. This is wild. Like, how is that possible? And uh, you know, as, as you're, going through these sober new relationships. Cause like I'd never been sober in a relationship before, except the end of my marriage, which 
doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'd never been in a new relationship. So now it's just like, what, how do you do this? And how do you do that? And am I feel like, is this what I want? Am I getting enough from this person that I, you know, okay, should I give it more time? You know, it's just constantly like what feels right and what doesn't, and really learning to rely on more and more rely on how I, how it makes me feel. And so I, I don't, sometimes I'm like, am I being too selfish? Am I being too demanding? Am I, and it's just like, you know what? I've gotten to the point where I know what I want so much. I'm it's not selfish or demanding. I I'd rather be alone at this point. And I think there's another point, right? Like I'd rather be alone than always hoping to get something I'm never going to get in a relationship mm. because like being being sober has elevated my standards and my expectations and what I want so much that you know what? I'm happier alone than with someone who doesn't make me happy. And if that person doesn't exist, because I think I've created a pretty particular <laughs> person here. Yeah. Okay. Then I'll continue to do this stuff on my own. But I'm fine with that. And that's that's the part that like I'm working towards is making sure that I'm a lot more whole. I may not be yeah. completely whole internally so that yeah. I'm not putting my needs and everything onto somebody else. Like this mm-hmm. is going to, as soon as this happens, like it's going to make me turn it around and I'll be okay with myself. Like that magical snap of the fingers that doesn't yeah. exist. <laughs> um, so when it comes to dating, um, what, what have you found to be kind of things that you've liked about it that you didn't think you would, but then like, where has the, uh, I would say the the hardships come from besides like the meeting people and the creepy guys online because guys <laughs> stop being creepy like what the oh my are you god doing? I just for real it's such a dumpster fire it is I, I like I roll my eyes so many times a day or just like what is wrong with you man like <laughs> going through these profiles or whatever they're saying uh, I can okay I think what surprised me I, I mean I was really worried about going into this whole thing sober because I was still carrying sort of this bit of apprehension and shame. Like, even though I started this after the podcast and everything, like there was still like this kind of thought, like, "Mm, I'm going to get rejected because I'm sober. I'm going to be like, people aren't going to want to go out with me because I don't drink or I, I'll eventually tell them I'm an alcoholic. And I'm, I was really, surprised that it wasn't a non-issue for 95% of the people I talked to. I was like, huh. And how a lot of people, cause I mean, I'm used to like, you know, drinking a lot. A lot of people were like, oh no, I just have like, I can have a drink here and there. I don't know. I'm like, what's that now? <laughs> <laughs> Is that real? That really yeah, how's happens? That? <laughs> and so obviously I don't match or chat with people who like get drunk, like they're, you know, and that's part of their life or whatever, Uh, you know, but for the most part, people have been really, and that's what I always think, like when I've told neighbors or my kids, friends, parents, or whoever in my life, like you have this assumption that people are gonna be like, what's wrong with you? But, you know, so much for the most part, like almost a hundred percent have been like, that's awesome. Congratulations. And that's what I get in the dating world too. So it's like, okay, that that's a relief that like, this isn't 
a thing. And actually people go, this makes me more intrigued by you. This makes me like you even more, which has been really welcoming and wonderful. Be like, okay, I don't need it to be the focus of our conversations. I mean, yes, let's talk about me, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's I, now I'm just super upfront. Like within the first conversations, I'm like, Hey, look, I'm pretty open about this. You can ask me anything. Cause I want it to, I want to know if it's a problem or not. And if they're going to be turned off by it or not, or turned on by it, like I need, I would like to know, get this out of the way. So uh, not everyone deals with it, like approaches it that way, but this is how it works for me. So that's been really wonderful. The, I think the difficult side of it is, well, it's a dumpster fire one, (laughs) but I think the, for me, the hard part is I'm wrestling right now with, like I said a minute ago, uh, am I, <laughs> have I created this like really, really particular thing of like what I need and I'll never find it because I'm so clear headed in what I want. And I'm very confident in who I am and what I need from someone. I feel like I've just created this like almost unrealistic expectations now, uh, So I kind of try to wrestle with that and find that balance of like, no, you deserve everything you want and, you know, take what you can get (laughs) to like, well, they're giving you this, like maybe it'll, you know, how, how do, how long do I give someone before I'm like, "Eh." so it's kind of, it's constantly evolving and I learning to be a little more go with the flow I can't control everything as we know, we like to kind of try to do, (laughs) you know, to try and just be like, see what happens, like give someone the benefit of the doubt, like see what, but also always listen, you know, to yourself. So it's this really fun, impossible balancing act (laughs) (laughs) of reveal everything, you know, give them a chance, you know, (laughs) who knows what'll happen. Ah, listen to your gut. This isn't going to work out. Walk away. So it's just, it's, uh, really, really, really exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) The long story in short is exhausting. That's, that's something that, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm necessarily, I'm not looking forward to it right now. Um, (laughs) And Don't always, do it uh, until you're excited for it yeah. and then be super let down within a day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm intrigued by um, this newfound, cool. like, it's not inner peace, but it's like an inner understanding that I have mm-hmm. that I've never had before in my life. So it's like mm. having conversations that are difficult, but being able to have it in a way where I understand I'm going to be uncomfortable to a point, mm-hmm. but I can still have them. Mm-hmm. And that I can tell people when they're crossing a boundary and mm-hmm. like, mm, you're being really disrespectful with, you know, what you're saying there, the tone you're using, everything. Like that's not, you're putting things onto me that aren't me, that I haven't yeah. done. And yeah. like that was not the case before, even sober. And it's try being able to, I think, find somebody who's growing within themselves as well. Mm-hmm. That, like you said, oh, yeah. the compliment. Like I'm, I am nervous about that. Like where, where do I find that? Do I find somebody <laughs> else who's sober? Do I find 
somebody else on their journey and you may not have had yeah. to go on a journey. You might've had, you know, the experiences of going through life where you're just there. And yeah, I've had to really have these moments that have been catalysts mm -hmm. for me to be like, Oh, I need to look at this. I need to mm -hmm. change this. I need to. Mm -hmm. And then with my ADHD too, it's like, hyper fixating on emotions and thoughts and really having problems moving past it sometimes mm -hmm. to the point where I drown everything else out around me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one thing that I try to do with my boys when I have them is if they are listening and it doesn't matter like messes and everything else, but if they're listening, cause they're three and four, that's really big. I try to do something fun with them. So last night we went, I was, I had a rough day yesterday. I was, I was crying. I was mm. all over the place and really finally like grieving my past self mm -hmm. and this relationship that was not what I have built up inside my head. It wasn't. And so we went and got ice cream and we're the only people inside, um, it was, it was like a frozen yogurt bar where you get your frozen yogurt and then you put your toppings on. And so we're sitting at a table and they wanted to sit at the kid's table. So I'm sitting at the kid's table with them. And my oldest goes, what's this song? I like this song. Can we listen to it later? He's like, this song makes me want to dance. So he started <laughs> dancing and it was, uh, it was Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. <laughs> and, uh, or is it Sharon? I'm sorry. I don't remember. But anyway. Um, <laughs> he started dancing and I'm like, you know what? Aww. I'm going to dance too. So we had a dance party inside this little <laughs> ice cream parlor, the three of us just <laughs> dancing to the songs that came on. And it was, it was something where I was like, you know what? We need to have fun more often. I, mm -hmm. I need to have fun more mm -hmm. often. I don't mm -hmm. have to be serious all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be like, this journey has to be 120% trying to get better part of getting better is just experiencing just living yeah <laughs> and i think you'll you know that's just even that right like these sort of realizations you have and you come to and you're like oh this is what i'm looking for in someone or i need to have more fun or i don't need to have like it doesn't need to be serious all the time it's things like that where you go i wouldn't have even come to this conclusion if i'd still been drinking so even though we're kind of hard on ourselves about some things you have to look at the bigger picture and go, I'm still way better off now, even if I'm making these little mistakes or I'm doing things I don't like, or I'm, you know, you're still making these tweaks along the way. And that you're still, you're because of that, because of that, you're growing and you're becoming a better person, a better parent, and a, eventually a better partner, you know, all, all these things we're still doing in a process mm -hmm. of getting better. So while we can be really hard on ourselves, we're still better people now than we were before. Absolutely. So Becca, as we wind down, what is the thing you want people to take away from going through a divorce sober? That it can be done, that it doesn't have to be a sad thing. You know, I think that that we, we associate divorce and end of relationships with sad mm -hmm. and unfortunate. And that's, that's kind of why, I mean, I was embarrassed to even say like at the beginning I was getting a divorce, like, what will all the neighbors think? Like, of course, who cared what I was going through? What will everyone think? Right. Yeah. 
but it doesn't have to be. I, I looked at mine as like, it was, it was such a new beginning for me. It wasn't a sad thing. I mean, I felt bad for the kids, but like it's my, it was my relationship. It wasn't a bad thing that it ended. It was a good thing that it ended. And I think that if we kind of link that with sobriety, it's a new opportunity just kind of like for me to start my, my life, not even again, just start my life. It was, I got sober. I've been sober for three years, but at that point when the divorce happened, I I was now really, truly going to become who I was. So in the last two years, I've, you know, when we say like that, (laughs) what has happened in two years? Oh my God, how much time has passed? but also hasn't right how much has happened in those 2 years i can't even process because i have truly become who i was meant to be since being on my own so divorce isn't a bad thing sober and divorce it's a wonderful opportunity it doesn't have to be like this kind of like oh no i'm alone you know the, these mentalities we picture of like drinking on our own like i did drinking al- alone on your own no it's been like the best period of growth for me I never could have even fathomed. So I think to kind of reframe it, you know, that it's not a sad, negative, lonely Mm. time. It's been like rebirth for me. I love it. I love it. And agreed. Agreed. (laughs) You know, I'm not very far into this. uh, It really has been. So you can, it can be a catalyst for whatever you want it to be. Yes. Yeah. But that's what it is, is a catalyst. So Becca, where can people keep up with you? Well, I overshare everything on Twitter at <laughs> at Unashamed ALC. And then if you want to check out the podcast, it's everywhere you can get your podcasts and on my website. So you can Google the Unashamed Alcoholic and you will find me. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, once again, this has been Untapped Keg Podcast where we explore different perspectives into sobriety and mental health because there's only one right way to go sober. That's the way that works for you. Hopefully you can take something and implement it to your own life. Find us on all podcast platforms, Untapped Keg. Um, find us on all social medias, Untapped Keg, untappedkeg.com. And everybody, let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today. Because at least we don't make it, we tried. Have a great Hello, you can hear me perfectly. Okay, there we go. All right, we're recording. Um... Hey, you. It's RJ from Untapped Keg. I would love it if you would come by and join our new community. It is at untappedkeg.com slash community. And when you get there, if you could fill out the poll, let me know a little bit about you. Let me know how long you've been sober, how long you've been in recovery. Um, And then I really want to know your favorite story. And it's a fun little icebreaker. And there's been a couple of people that have answered. And um, you can read what mine is. And that is... uh, you know, it's it's actually from a video game, Mass Effect, and it's a trilogy. And I kind of explained in detail kind of what I took from it. And it really did touch how life is not black and white, it's gray. And like, that is what I connected with so much throughout that game. Um, and then the last thing, last thing I want you to do is go there because you can be a part of the show. Do you want to hear yourself on the show? I'm going to include somebody who goes there to record a mantra that they say to themselves, a little bit of a, a saying that keeps you going, a, um, you know, a, daily, a daily motivation, a daily letting yourself know that you're okay. And I'm going to start including those in the show. 
and it'll be you. And it'll be at untappedkeg.com slash community. You can sign up anonymously. If you don't want your name read, let me know. I will not read your name. I can change your voice. We can figure it out. If you just want me to read it, if you just want me to read it, send it to me through untapskeg.com slash community. I look forward to connecting with you over there. I love you.